Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ride with MBS Malay. I hope you guys are having a wonderful yet productive Saturday. And if you're not doing anything yet, I hope you have plans to do something later because it's Saturday and it's October. So I know that there's a lot to do in this month, like hay rides, go to haunted houses. Maybe that's not until the end of October or whatever, but just in case you're not doing anything, just look into something and see if there's something that you can do. Um, October, I usually don't celebrate Halloween or the festivities of Halloween or whatever, not because I'm religious or anything. It's just something that I don't usually do. But I might take advantage of it this month just to go out and get out the house and to have something to do. So like, you know, try to do something productive or try to do something to make you happy, even if you're going by yourself. That's something I was talking about on my Facebook today. You guys should not be scared to go out alone. I, I used to feel weird about it, but I've been going out by myself since I was old enough to go out. So like, it's basically something that I just do. <laughs> but when you go out by yourself, so many people are prone to talking to you. Like, you know, like they'll come up and talk to you and you meet a lot of people when you're out by yourself. So like, it's, it's okay to be alone sometimes, you know? Okay. So I don't usually do this many podcasts so much, but you know, I think I'm actually going to make it a thing to do one at least, um, once, once per week, at least just to have it out there. Cause a lot of people are writing and getting more connected with this podcast and everything. So I'm going to keep it a little bit more consistent than what I've been doing. I usually just come on here and just express whatever feelings I have when I'm feeling it or whatever. But you know, I, I feel like I need to just release a little bit more and I'm going to do that because I, I see a lot more people listening and I see a lot more people are, are asking for more. So let me just keep it going. I know I promised you guys the last podcast that I would have a jingle for this podcast, but I'm sorry. I cannot think of the perfect catchy jingle to it just yet, but don't worry. I will. And when I do, you're going to love it. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. So, um, I've been having a lot of stuff go- going on since the last time we talked, even though it wasn't that long ago. Um, just recently, I went to a mixer. Um, it was uh, the Big Shot meet and greet, and it's with Joe Young. And it was so wonderful. Like, you know, they have this new sitcom coming out, and it's hilarious. It's, it's funny. Um, there's uh, Thelma from Good Times, I heard. She's on it. Um, I never was one to watch TV and stuff, so, like, when I did see clips of her and stuff, then I was like, oh, okay, my mom used to watch her on TV. <laughs> I was like, all right, it's pretty cool. So make sure you guys get in touch because it is local and it is always best to support your local businesses. Uh, Joe Young, he, he's an, an amazing producer and stuff. I just met him and everything, and, you know, it was just wonderful. Like, let me just tell you a little bit of story. If you uh, don't follow me on social media, I'm going to tell you anyways. I have a really great friend named Adrian Elliott, and she is just wonderful. She's the one that threw the Motown event that I was telling you guys about a couple of podcasts ago. And, you know, she always promotes her friends. She finds any chance that she gets to talk about us or to share our stuff or to tell tell somebody else about us to try to get us connected or whatever. And she throws her own events all the time. So make sure you guys look up Adrienne Elliott because she's awesome. And um, she invited me to this event with her on Thursday. I went with her and Shay Black. And it was really good. We had so much fun. And then at the end, they, they asked, people if they had questions and stuff and Adrian raises her hand and asks how do I get involved like she told them everything that I do like she sings she she writes poetry she has her own books out and everything and how could she get involved and then he's like she can sing and then she's like yeah 
Man, he's going to tell me to come up to the front and sing in front of all them people. It felt really good. Like, you know, I don't mind being put on the spot and stuff because any chance you get to promote yourself, that that's just awesome, period, or whatever. So <laughs> it was good. I went up there and I sung Monica Before You Walk Out My Life. It's the first song that popped in my head. And I saw, like, a lot of African-Americans in the crowd. So I'm like, I know they know it. So, like, you know, I know they'll be able to jump on and stuff. So I sung that. And then by the end of the event... I got booked up like four times and I went to a karaoke later. I went to Lanisha's karaoke and Julian's karaoke. And by the end of the night, I kid you not, I left with seven dates, seven new dates on my calendar. And I'm super excited. Like today I get to be in a movie. So um, I'll be leaving here after this podcast to go be in a movie. I've never been in a movie before. I know you guys know I've been in plays and videos and stuff. But this is going to be my first movie. So it's going to be super exciting. Um, And Sunday I have an event to perform at. Um, And this all came from (laughs) going to that mixer. So just in case you guys are ones to always be reluctant to go out to these um, events and you have your own businesses and stuff, I just want to let you know that it's best for you to go out to these different events, to network and to meet people that are doing the exact same things that that you are doing because these are people that have been successful in their businesses and everything. And I, I released my first book almost, well, it's been a little bit over a year, over a year ago. And I met so many people there that are authors and they've been bestsellers on Amazon and stuff. And I'm going to be able to connect with them people and they're going to teach me how I can promote and market my book to be better and more successful just like theirs and everything. So like, I want to be the one to encourage you guys to go out to these events and everything. I mean, if you can't make it because of work and stuff, uh, of course you can't go. But I would recommend that you find time in your schedule at some point to just go out and to support somebody that you at least know. I know sharing the flyer and liking stuff, yes, that that is still support. It is. But just in case you guys do find a mutual date with an event out here, make sure you guys go out and support because everybody needs support. Um, Whether you show up for five minutes, whether you show up for two seconds, nobody asked you to stay for the whole thing. Your face was seen and that's good enough, you know? And I'm not saying that for my events. I'm saying that for everybody's events. Anybody's event that I get a chance to go out to, I try to go out to. Like yesterday, Chrissy Fines. Make sure you guys look her up on Facebook. She's 12. And she raps and everything. She raps about her life. And the last rap she has is is trust issues and everything. It had a lot to do with a lot that she's going through in school and everything. And she was able to break through to her mom and stuff through her music and stuff. So, like, just in case you guys have kids that write and do stuff like that, make sure you guys check out the stuff that they're doing. Even if it's not your thing, it's your children and you want to support your children and you want to support anybody that you see is trying to better themselves and to make themselves great. All right. (laughs) Now that we're all caught up with the events and everything, um, my next event is on October 14th. That's my speaking eat and everything. Uh, 116 School Street, Chicopee, Massachusetts. I'm going to post a flyer on my social media. I'm actually going to post a picture of my profile picture with something else. Um, I'm going to get into that in just a second. So that one's not going to be the flyer this time, but I will be releasing the flyer soon um, on one of these podcasts. Um, Until then, just go on my social media and you'll see the recent flyer. So, earlier in our conversation, I told you guys that um, we are in the month of October, which I'm sure you're very aware that we are (laughs) almost halfway through October already. (laughs) And October is not just the month for um, Halloween festivities, but it is also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And... 
nobody should stay silent to something that they've been through. I actually wanted to come on here and share my story today. I was kind of reluctant to share it simply because I feel like I wanted to wait for like the right interview or the right moment or something to speak about it. But honestly, there's never the right moment or the the right time to do it. You just do it because you you might have many opportunities to do it, but you might have so many that, you know, there's there's never the moment to do it or whatever. But this is my podcast and I know I could talk about whatever I want on here. So I'm going to talk about my domestic violence awareness. All right. So I know a lot of people that listen to my podcast are aware of the person that I used to date for almost four years ago. And I'm not on here to bash his name or anything. I'm not going to say his name, but I'm going to talk about the situation. And we all know there's three sides to every story. Um, Whether you believe me or not, I don't really care. I'm just going to tell my story. I'm going to get it out. I'm going to tell you how I grew from it. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do to prevent something like that from happening in the future. Okay? Whew. All right, so I'm going to be giving you a lot of explicit details. And the picture is going to be a little bit explicit too because it was my face after the situation and everything. So let me just tell you guys um, everything that was going on. So me and this guy, we were dating for what for almost five years and we were really good friends and everything um I'm not gonna tell you guys like from the beginning of our relationship and stuff I'm just gonna let you know that we had we had a situation we had a thing and um of course every relationship goes through bumpy roads and like you know roller coasters and everything our relationship was a little bit it was different like I'm I don't like to complain about stuff um but I do I don't like feeling some type of certain types of ways about about people and just like holding it in but I have and it affected me in the end so towards the end of our relationship we were fighting a lot so much arguing so much so much I don't know it's just it was a lot okay um this is gonna take so much courage to get this out so just give me a second if I'm taking breaths in between it's just because like I'm just processing that I'm doing this right now so (laughs) um my goodness all right let's go back to 2016 Towards the end of our relationship, I I never was the party person, but I always went out to parties with him and stuff because he loved to party and stuff. So I used to always go out to parties and everything with him. And it was just like a series of events. I mean, a, a series of things that happened every time we went out. Like, we always got into a, a fight inside the car where, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like, there, we almost came close to car accidents a few times because, you know, I, I guess... I'm going to put the blame on myself a little bit right here because this was unsensible at one point in time. I, I don't know, like, it was my car, and he was driving my car, and I wanted him to pull over so I could talk to him. And, like, you know, I basically swerved the wheel. Uh, this, this, It was happening, like, all in one week. So, like, this is how it just built up all together. So, 
I basically was trying to swerve the car to the side or whatever. I was drunk, super, super drunk, beyond drunk. I didn't start drinking until I got with him and stuff. So, like, you know, I never really knew how to control my liquor around this time. I'm not going to think of an excuse. This is very, really, really, really stupid. But I, I tried that. But I, we didn't get into an accident or anything. I ended up messing up my own car because, like, I was changing the gears and everything while we were driving and stuff. So, like, you know, that was my fault. Um, we was in a parking lot and stuff, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> but so that was one situation that, that like, kind of built into it or whatever. We went out the next day. Some guy grabs my ass. He didn't say nothing to defend me. We went on, whatever, next day. Um, me and him, we used to do... We, we did... <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was so unsatisfied with our sex life. And I was in the process of already, like, you know... Um, starting to be completely interested in women. So, like, you know, I used that as, hey, like, let's just have threesomes and stuff or whatever. So, like, you know, I brought other chicks into our relationship and we was having threesomes and stuff. Like, I'm not going to lie, he had he did ask years before that and I said no. Like, I would never do something. Like, I would never share my man and all this and that, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you know, throughout time, things change. I'm not going to say, like, you know, the sex was totally sucky and stuff, but... I involved other people to make it better. <laughs> and, you know, we was having fun and everything. And, like, eventually I started feeling like, hey, like, I haven't experienced enough in my life. Like, I feel like I need to be single. Like, you know, I've been with Jaden's father for five years. And I, I, right after that, I got into another relationship. And me and him been together almost five years. And it's like, dang, I've been in relationships back to back for over 10 years. I need to be by myself. And I started feeling like that. And I was feeling that way for a long, long time. And I left. I, like, I was leaving it alone and stuff. And then one night, I had got, like, you know, I found out several times throughout our relationship that he was cheating on me or that, like, you know, he was going to try. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I've asked him about it several times in the past. He's always denied it. He's always said, like, you know, there, yeah, there was chicks there. But the chicks only had sex with my friends. It wasn't me. I just sat there and watched and stuff like that. And you're like, you know, I'm so gullible and didn't want to be hurt. And I just believed it and just left it alone. Just kept it going. Like, whatever. But, like, there was just this last time. Like, we was already deep into having sex with women and stuff. And I started feeling like I didn't like guys anymore. We was already fighting too much. He wasn't defending me. He wasn't taking care of me. And, like... All my life, I've been taking care of myself. I've had my own apartment. I had my own car. I've never asked anybody for anything. So, like, you know, he was staying with me for a couple of years and everything. And around January um, 1st, 2016, no, let me stop. Um, December 1st, 2015, I moved out of my apartment and moved into his house because he had just got a house and everything. And we was going to, like, combine like you know our lives and like you know be official now like I thought we was about to get married and everything like we was already living together and stuff but he got his own house and this was like a different move I had my son and we probably might have another kid or whatever like who knows whatever so I moved in his house and um and another so I can take away a little bit more responsibility away from me I wouldn't be paying as many bills and stuff by myself because even though he was living with me I was stupid and I never asked him to help me out with any bills or anything. Like, you know, I asked a couple of times and he said no and stuff or, like, expected it back. And I never looked at it as anything because, like I told you, like, I've been taking care of myself since I was, like, 
young. I know you're probably over there like, you stupid as fuck or whatever. Like, yeah, I know that now. I know. But like, you know, the type of heart that I have, it's just different than most. And this this was my significant other and stuff. And like, you know, like I understand that people are supposed to come half and half and everything. But like, you know, I don't know. I did, I would, did not have that mindset thinking that he was supposed to take me out or he was supposed to be the one taking care of me and stuff. I've always had the mindset like I was supposed to be taking care of myself or whatever. So in December, um, I moved from my house to his house. Uh, of course, before uh, we officially broke up, we've had fights and stuff before or whatever. But this is where like it ended and stuff. So, um. I moved in his house, and then when I moved in his house, there was just, like, a lot more stuff going on. Like, you know, he wouldn't be there, or, like, there will be so much stuff going on. Like, I don't even know how to explain everything that was going on. But let me tell you about this day. Um, I was living with him and uh, until January 27, 2016. So January 27, what had happened that day is I had found out officially... I had proof and everything that he cheated on me and all that stuff. And I told him, um, all right, I'm ready to break up and move on. Um, I can't do this anymore. Like, you know, I, I feel like I haven't had enough experience in my life and stuff. Like, this was before January 27th, actually. We had this conversation. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like... I just feel like I haven't had enough experience. Like, I feel like I need to be by myself. I've been in relationships all this time, and I need to be by myself. And then he was basically asking, do I need to experience sex and all that stuff? And I was like, yeah, I feel like I need to experience um, sex with other people because I feel like I'm not satisfied and all that stuff. And then, like, you know, this went over a couple of days, and then he was talking to his friends about it, and his friends was talking to me about it. Like, how how would you feel if he came to you and told you he wanted to have sex with somebody else? I'm like, yo, like all this time he's been cheating on me and I still bring these bitches to the front door and still have sex with them with him. So like, what are you guys talking about? He does it. And all I'm saying is is like, you know, like not that it's my turn, but I need to think about myself now and I want to move on and try something different. And then if we're meant to be, we can come back together and all that stuff, whatever. Boom. Then, um... He was he was he was being a little bit more extra. Like before, he he didn't used to come to, into the house till like four, five o'clock, six o'clock sometimes, whatever. But this time, after I started having these conversations with him, he wouldn't come until like seven o'clock in the morning. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's really stupid. And then me, like being the dummy that I was, like you know I never I was like oh, I ain't no way he gonna cheat on me. Like I do everything. I suck his dick all the time. I have sex with him all the time. I cook for him all the time. I clean all the time. I wash his clothes. There's no way possible. Like, I bring food to his job. I sit at his job and spend a whole shift with him after I get out of work with my son. (laughs) Like, dude, like, there's no way he would ever cheat on me. Like, you know, like, nah, there's no way. Like, of course, I've always had that in the back of my mind. No way possible, whatever. And, um, yeah, so then he started saying stuff to me like, how about you just have sex with one of my friends, but I have to be there to watch. I was like, no, I don't want to have sex with one of your friends. That That's nasty. Like, you know, I'd never want any of your friends to see my body. Like, what kind of shit is that? Or whatever. And, like, you know, that was basically the end of our, like, you know, mutual talking and, like, seeing if we could work through it and everything or whatever. Um, On this day, on January 27th, I reiterated that I was moving out the next day. 
and um, that, you know, I'm leaving, like, bye or whatever. But, like, I wasn't mean about it or whatever. But, like, that day, that's when I had my proof and stuff, like, you know, that he was doing what he was doing. And he totally denied it, and he didn't, even, he didn't care at the same time. I don't know if he was on drugs or something that day or whatever, but this day was crazy. So he pissed me off after I saw those text messages, and I invited a girl over that we usually have sex with. And I had sex with her by myself, and I told him he can't join. So, like, basically, he was just downstairs while we was fucking. And then he came into the room and basically told us that we had to get out get out his room or um, or he would have to sit in there and watch it. Like, it's his house or whatever. So he's like, you're not about to kick me out of my own room. Understandable, whatever. I told my friend to go. She went, whatever. And um, we was arguing. I ended up going to my friend's house in West Springfield, and I came back. And, like, you know, I was by myself for a little bit. Things settled down. And, like, you know, we was talking a little bit. And um, what happened? This day, I was being a little bit spiteful, texting other people and stuff. Like, you know, but I wasn't being nasty or whatever. Like, I was texting other people. I was taking pictures in front of him and all that stuff. Like, you know, I was being funny a little bit. But, um... I didn't expect what was going to happen next. Like, I never did anything like this before. Like, you know, just texting people in front of him and stuff. But, like, I was texting chicks. So, like, you know, it didn't really matter to me. We was texting chicks and stuff all the time together. So, like, you know, I didn't really think he cared or whatever. So, um, yeah. So, he asked me, um, I really don't want to be with him. And I, I said, no, I don't want to be with you anymore. I'm ready to move on, all that stuff, whatever. And then, basically, I ended up going to sleep. Um, we was in heat when I went to sleep. Like, we was not talking. We was arguing and, like, whatever. And then I went to sleep. Um, he woke me up on my sleep, trying to have sex with me. And I kept saying, no, I don't want to have sex with you. Like, no, like, you know, and it was like, he was trying to force himself on me. I, I really don't want to sit here and say that he attempted to rape me, but it is true, okay? <laughs> so this guy... Um, he was trying to force himself on me or whatever. And I was like, no. Like, I was screaming, like, no. Like, no. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, like no. Like, stop. I, I'm saying no. Like, what are you doing? And um, at that time, too, when I'm saying no, I'm having flashbacks in my head. Like, he had a serious conversation with me uh, a long time ago before that about how his mom had a dream about him. Um trying to rape a female or some shit like that and she woke up out of her sleep and she ran to him and told him if he ever hears a woman telling him no that he better back up and leave her alone or whatever like you know because she had a dream about it so when I'm over here screaming no and stuff I'm like thinking this on my head like this nigga had a whole conversation with his mom about what he's trying to do right now like what is going on like I'm screaming no whatever and finally he like he stopped trying to do that and he took my phone (laughs) and he was telling me to unlock my phone and I kept saying no I'm not gonna unlock my phone like no it's my phone I'm leaving out your house the next day at this time it's probably like one two in the morning or something like that I don't even know the time it is and um he's telling me to unlock my phone and I'm telling him no and he's like choking me and he got his hands over my mouth and everything and he trying to stuff the sheet down my throat first he tried to stuff his dick down my throat and then I think he realized like oh this bitch got teeth ain't no way and then he took 
the sheet and he shoved it in my mouth. And um, because he started doing that after I started screaming his brother's name. I screamed his brother's name out of every single name that I knew him by. I'm screaming and calling him like, yo, come help me. Like, what is going on? Like, come help me. Like, I know y'all hear me scream. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. My son's in, my son is in the next room. And I'm just like, dang, like, <laughs> somebody come and save me. Like, this man is trying to kill me. Like, dead ass. Like, so, he basically kept putting his hands and she over my mouth and uh, choking me. Basically telling me, if you don't unlock your phone, I'm going to black you out or whatever. So, like, like after he would choke me and I would be like almost out of breath, he'd be like, here, unlock it. And I'd be like, no, I'm not unlocking it. And then he'll do it again. I said to unlock your phone. And so then I would pretend like I'm unlocking it. And I, I kept pretending like I didn't know the password. And like, you know, he's like, <laughs> oh my God, it's so tough talking about this. Like, <laughs> yeah, he smacked me up a few times and I unlocked my phone. And he started looking through my messages or whatever. And, like, you know, he sees the, the people that I was talking to all day or whatever. Like I said, like I told y'all earlier, I was being kind of spiteful. And I was texting and flirting with mad chicks and all that stuff. Like, you know, like, whatever. And he was mad. I don't know why he was mad. These chicks, we both fucked together. Like, why are you upset that I'm texting the chicks that, that we was already talking to? Like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um... God. The fight and the pressure went on like a little bit longer or whatever. And then he got upset after he finished going through my phone and saw all the pic- pictures that I was taking right in front of him. And um, I know I told you guys before this day we was fighting a lot. And when, anytime we used to fight, he used to always try to take something valuable of mine so I wouldn't leave. So um, he used to take my phone or my keys or, like, you know, something so I would not be able to leave or that I would have to come back or whatever. So when he got up and left the room, I thought he went to the bathroom or something. I went, I had two keys. I didn't know where my other key was, but I knew where my spare key was inside the closet. I went and got my spare key. Like, this is one of the the remote, the remote, I'm sorry, I'm, like, all choked up and stuff right now because this is so weird telling you guys about this. Um, I went and got the remote from my car. Um, it was a Chevy, so, like, it's one of those remotes, like, the, the big black piece or whatever, and the key goes inside or whatever. So, when he went, wherever he went, I took the key and as fast as I could, and I shoved that shit as far up my ass as I could get it, because I, I couldn't find my other key. I was terrified. I almost died, like, four or five times just now, and I'm like, yo, like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I don't know what to do. I had just a t-shirt on, no no other clothes, and I'm just like, yo, I don't... I don't know what the fuck is about to happen. Um, and I come out the closet where I was at. <laughs> and he comes running inside the room and throws my child at me. He, <laughs> My son's five years old at the time. And he took him and he threw him at me. And told me to get out of his house. And I said, okay, let me just put my clothes on. And let me put my my son's clothes on. Like, you know, I'm terrified. I've never been through something, like, so terrible like this. You just threw my whole child at me. Like, this is not an item. This is a whole human being that was just sleeping. And you didn't even care to wake him up. Niggas snatched him up out of his sleep and just threw him at me. And, um... 
I can't believe this. Like, it's just crazy. Like, I'm telling you guys it's over, and I'm just like, I can't believe I forgave somebody after all of this shit. <laughs> this is crazy. All right, so he threw my son at me, and I'm just, like, in shock. I didn't know what to do, and I'm just, like, holding my son. Like, this is my kid. Like, what is wrong with you? He's screaming and stuff. And, um, so I was like, you're just going to be talking to all these people and stuff. Like, you know, like, having a fucking fit. I'm like, I'll leave. Like, let me put my clothes on and stuff. I'm out. Like, you know, whatever. And I'm coming after him to get my phone. <laughs> I get with these. I'm coming after him to get my phone. And he takes he takes my phone. And he smashed it against the heater. <laughs> he throws it at me. And I ran back to the corner <laughs> to get my son. Because we was about to leave. I'm like, all right, we about to leave. All right, just... Like whatever but like once he threw my phone at me my son my son stood up and my son like stood in between us with his fist at his side and said don't touch my mom and you won't believe that this nigga squared up with my child <laughs> my whole five-year-old son like what you gonna do I kid you not, those are the words he said. What are, what are you going to do? Like, I snatched my son. Like, we're about to leave. Like, no. And he's like, no, you're leaving now. And he takes us. He grabbed us and pushed us down his fucking steps. Took his foot and kicked us down the steps. My son had just underwear on. I had on just a t-shirt. And he took his foot and he literally kicked me down the steps. And he opened the front door. It's January 27th. Four o'clock in the morning. And he opened the door and kicked us right out in the snow. And I'm over here terrified, hoping my key is still in my ass. (laughs) I didn't know what I was going to do. He knew I didn't have my my keys or whatever. He knew that I didn't have a phone to, to call anybody. And he just didn't care. And he just kicked me literally kicked me out literally with this foot and kicked me the fuck out the house with my child in my head five-year-old son and I'm 22 at this time and I got to my car and I'm just like shaking I remember I was shaking so much and I'm trying to get my key out my ass (laughs) and I'm over here just shaking and I'm like looking at the door hoping he's not coming out realizing that I got my key and stuff and the alarm wouldn't work for my key. Like, I couldn't just unlock it or whatever, and I had to figure out how to get inside my car or whatever. And I got inside the car, and I went to my friend's house at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I remember just being, like, grateful because just an hour before that, I swear I was, like, starting to see flashbacks in my life. Like, I swear I, I almost died. Like, I almost died. so many times in one night and um whew. this is a sensitive topic okay give me some cut me some slack all right i'm weak ass bitch sometimes all right so i remember i remember thinking about not being able to breathe when i was banging on my friend's door and i'm like telling them what happened and everything and I slept all, like, I don't even know how long I slept for, but I slept. 
and then the next day I'm like all right well I gotta go to the police like you know my face was all messed up I could hardly open my eye and um I didn't even look at my face yet so I didn't even know what I looked like yet and she's like you should go in the bathroom and take pictures of your face or did I ask her either I asked her if I should take pictures or she told me to take pictures I think she told me to take pictures and I went in the bathroom and I looked at myself and I remember thinking that I thought that was a nightmare the whole time I remember I woke up and I'm like yo I'm really at my friend's house like what was what am I doing? Like, this is crazy. This is real. That really happened. Like, wow. Like, this man. I. I did. I couldn't believe it. I was in disbelief. And I was in the mirror, and I was crying. Not for me, but I was crying for my my child. I could not believe what happened. It was wild. It was really wild. And um, I was just looking at myself. And I was telling them that we should go to the police. And they're like, don't. You can't go to the police because he's going to get in trouble. And I'm like, well, that's the point. He has to face consequences for what he did to me. What do you mean? (laughs) He hurt me. Don't you want me to get help? Like, I can't stay here. I don't have anywhere to go. I just gave up my apartment like a month and a half ago. What am I supposed to do? And they're like, you just got to keep going. Like, you can't tell on him. Like, you can't go to the police. He's going to get in trouble. And then I remembered not caring if he got in trouble. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to be the one to ruin his life. Maybe it was a really bad night or whatever. And I'm like, yo, he has to face consequence. He has to get something. And I remember texting all the friends that I knew he had. Because I wanted them to say something. I don't know why I told them all. But I sent a long-ass message to all his friends and all his family members and pictures of my face and told them what he did to me. I don't know why they didn't say anything. I don't know if they didn't believe me or they just didn't care. But I told him what happened. And one of his really good friends basically wrote back to me and said, well, I don't got anything to do with that. (laughs) And I didn't say anything back. And then he writes to me and says he wants to have a sit down. And I said, no. I'm not about to sit here and have a sit down. He can kiss my ass. He's like, well, you should at least hear him out. Let him know how you feel. Let him say what he has to say. And then you guys can split up afterwards. I'm like, excuse me for saying this. But this has nothing to do with you. And I would appreciate it 
if you stayed out of this business. And then he said, don't let just one night fuck it all up for everything. And I sent him pictures of my face. And he didn't say anything back. This day, I went to the police station. I didn't go to the police station first. I went to HAP Housing first, or the welfare office first, to see if I could get inside of a shelter or something. Because I didn't want to be sitting in the car or sleeping in the car with my son. And um, when I went there, they basically told me that I didn't have a catastrophe with my apartment, that there was no fire and there was no cause for basically for them to help me and that I would have to be experiencing something like that to basically get shelter or something. I'm like, so you're telling me that I had to sleep in a car with my five-year-old son. They was like, unless you have a police report or something, saying that something happened to you or something, that's something that you have to go to the police about and they can give you a shelter or something. This is strictly for, you know, you base. they telling me that basically... I got myself in my situation. I had an apartment and I ruined it for myself. I mean, this wasn't like subsidized. Like, you know, they wasn't in control of my, the apartment that I had and stuff or whatever. But they basically put the blame on me and told me that I should have kept my apartment, which I should have. But I didn't. We was past that. And I told them what happened. I was in there with bruises in my face and everything. And they did not care. So... Um, after that, I went to the police station and I told the police what happened to me. And then they told me that I had to tell him, tell them his name because if I didn't tell them his name, they can't help me. And I, I didn't do it. I wouldn't name him. I was not on his side, but I didn't name him or whatever. And. This day, I contacted my son's father. Basically, he hadn't been in his life in, like, five years. And I contacted him, and I basically told him um, I needed to talk to him. Um, I basically, at this point, felt like I couldn't protect my own child. I was scared of what was going to happen next to me. I was scared of how I was feeling, and... I didn't want my son to suffer with me. So I felt like he was best with his father. And I told his father what happened when I met him in person, and he took his son. I had $53 to my name this day. I got in my car, and I just drove until I landed in West Virginia. I just drove until I didn't have any more gas. And I lived in my car until I got a new or somewhere to stay. I lived and worked um, at a restaurant. And I went through like a long ass period, like 
trying to die because I felt like the world was better off without me. I went through all of this by myself and nobody was here for me and all that stuff. Like, you know, I spent a long period of time putting myself in dangerous situations. So I wouldn't be responsible to take my own life. I know, like, this is so sad and stuff. But, like, like, let me tell you, this is all the stuff that I was going through. Like, it's not just domestic violence awareness, but it's also mental health awareness. And I was aware that I... Well, now I was aware. Now I'm aware that I was going through a lot of emotions and a lot of situations in my life. And it just put me at that, that state. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do with myself. I, was, I didn't feel worthy of myself. Like, you know, I felt worthless. And I don't know how to explain it. And I had certain friends um, writing to me telling me how sorry he was like this is my friend telling me how sorry he was and I don't have to forgive him but they believe how sorry he was and they believe it was really an accident and all this and that and look I can understand like you know friends that get connected to your relationships and stuff and certain things that happen to you they feel like you can get over and all that stuff and like you know I feel like I used everything that my friends were saying to me about him and I used these self-help books and I used like you know how I was feeling and trying to get over as a means to talk to him again not to go back to the situation but to just like hear him out and talk to him so I could feel better And that's something that I was going through a lot of my time, too. I was um, experiencing stuff like that, like, you know, going back to people that hurt me and, like, trying to use them to help mend me and all that stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Um, So I ended up starting to talk to him again as a friend, like just to have somebody to talk to he was like the only one calling me every day and stuff checking on me seeing if I was okay and stuff it's like all right maybe he does still care but like I was living in West Virginia I needed to stay far away from him because I was scared I was still scared but I felt like I needed him to fix what like he broke and all that stuff like you know and he never apologized still I remember asking for an apology, though, um, years later. And I was like, you know, it's funny. Like, one time we was hanging out, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, you never told me sorry for everything that I lost on that day that you did that to me, you know? And I do feel like he owes me a lot, but I feel like I owe myself at least like that much to at least tell my story get it out so I don't have to think about it anymore or so somebody else can learn from the situation and stuff like you know I'll never put the blame on on my own friends for telling me that I should be his friend or just talk to him again or what I you know and I do feel like friends that tell you to go back to your situation or to go back to somebody that hurt you aren't really your friends. But I also believe that some of those friends, they don't really understand the 
extent to it. So I feel like they don't really know any better if if that's what you... I don't know if you know what I'm saying. Like, you know. Um... Yeah, so when I was in West Virginia, I went to, like, a lot of shows. I performed at a lot of shows, and I'm like, hey, they don't have these out in Springfield. Maybe that's what I need and stuff. Maybe I need to experience, like, you know, (laughs) going to these shows and stuff so I could release and get it out and all that stuff. And that's what I did. I left West Virginia, came back out here, moved to Hartford. East Hartford and I started going to all the open mics and then I was like hey I should throw my own and I started throwing my own and that's where Speaking E came from that's where these books and these poems and all this stuff comes from it just comes from like you know all of that hurt that I had to go through to be this person that I am today and That's exactly what I mean when I say, like, you know, you have to pull yourself out of that gook so you could be better, right? Well, it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I found this article on BreakTheCycle.org. And I just wanted to read a little bit of it or whatever, just for people who might be experiencing something like this and they're looking for answers or whatever. Um... I just wanted to give the history to the Awareness Month or whatever. So it's don't stay silent. It's time to speak up all month long. October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which first began in 1981 by the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence as a day of unity to connect battered women's advocates across the country. Domestic violence affects millions, both women and men of every race religion, culture, and status. It's not just punches and black eyes. It's yelling, humiliation, stalk, manipulation, coercion, threats, and isolation. It's stealing a paycheck, keeping tabs online, non-stop texting, constant use of the silent treatment, or calling someone stupid so often they believe it. Since the Violence Against Women Act passed in 1994, we've come a long way. The landmark legislation led by (laughs) Senator Joe Biden Combined new provisions that hold offenders accountable and provide programs and services for victims. Between 1993 and 2010, the overall rate of domestic violence dropped nearly two-thirds. And state laws have reformed to address issues such as dating abuse and the workplace stalking, employment discrimination, and more. So if you guys are looking for more information, I'm going to attach the link to that inside of the description. The number to call if you need to speak with somebody. Um a trained professional about your domestic violence situation, call 1-866-331-9474. 1-866-331-9474. I'm going to leave this article inside of the description if you guys need it. If you wanted to look into it, if you needed that number again or whatever. Um, so yeah, do not stay silent whether this has to do with the person's situation or not or whatever like you know if you don't have anything to do with the situation you should still speak up and say something about it like you know this is crazy like with my situation I I never thought that anything could pay to make him pay for what he put me through 
or I didn't think he could pay any amount of money to give me what I lost or I didn't think that there was any type of justice that could be served to get what he did to me like make it equal or even or like you know the eye for eye just never works for me um yeah so I went through like that that long period thinking like you know being his friend and everything was gonna make me feel better and so I was his friend and we still was close friends and everything and I never came to realization that I could still forgive him and I could still not have to talk to him. I took it as like, you know, I could forgive him and I could still be his friend or whatever, like, you know, but I didn't realize how traumatized I still was and how my son still was with the situation. Like, you know, I don't want to get too deep into what my son said. (laughs) I might post his voice clip one day. But I can't believe he still remembers all these years later. And he basically doesn't want me dating. He he told me he don't want me dating because he's scared that that's going to happen again, what happened with the last guy. And we had that long conversation, and I'm never going to let something like that happen to me again. Once I see a red flag, I'm out. I can't afford to bring something like that into my son's life again and my own life. I can't be emotionally hurt like that anymore. Like, that hurt more than it hurt physically. So, no silence for domestic violence. We need to speak about it and get it out and talk to others about it so others can understand that, you know, it doesn't have to just be physical. It could be anything. Like, domestic violence should not be happening like everybody should be keeping their hands to themselves and like just love so yeah I spent all that time thinking that he wasn't ever gonna receive karma and he always used to tell me that he never believes in karma and all that stuff or whatever and this is really sensitive to be talking about because I know maybe his family members might listen to this and they're probably gonna be upset with what I'm about to say, but this is a true fact that um, recently, well, last year in April, he was arrested for murdering somebody. Um, they say that, well, he says, or he, he says he didn't do it, right? And it took me a long time, a long time to realize, like, if he did not do it, for real, he's probably serving that time because of what he did to me. So, if he did, in fact, if he is, in fact, innocent, that's that's why he's in there, because of what he did to me. And when I realized that, that's when I realized, hey, I don't, I don't need to be his friend anymore. I don't need to be there to support him anymore. I don't need to be spending all my money to be going back and forth to the jail to visit him just to support him and be, for what? What am I doing this for after what he did to me? And like, even though I have a big heart and everything, like, you know, I don't deserve to be taken advantage of. And I feel like that's when you take advantage of a person is when you're expecting them to be there for you after they hurt you 
for so long and I've been hurting all of these years and I thought I forgave him all those years ago and I recently forgave him and I feel like I recently forgave him because I recently stopped all contact not recently but mm, probably the beginning of this year yeah the beginning of this year I stopped all contact I was just like there's no point I don't need to talk to you to forgive you I can still wish you the best and I can still be good you know I played my part I did my part I did what I had to do and I was there (laughs) for him and I really shouldn't have been and if he's in there and he didn't do it he's in there because he attempted to kill me and I was almost dead and I almost lost my life and he'll be in there right now if I die that night And I'm not going to say that it did make me feel better in the inside. But I do want to say it. Because it did. But I don't feel happy about anybody being in jail or being incarcerated or whatever. But some people deserve to be there. Some people don't learn lessons. And obviously he was still putting his hands on women and stuff. I was hearing stories and stuff while he was in there. And there goes the karma that you didn't believe in. And I'm so happy that I made it through. And this is my story. And um, I know I was telling you guys that I was looking over those pictures and stuff. And I'm going to put the pictures I'm going to put it as the profile picture. And I don't want anybody feeling sorry for me. Because I'm here and I made it. And there's nothing anybody can do to take me back down that road. Because it's never happening again. Never. And I appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to me talk for almost a whole freaking hour. But I had to get that out because there's no silence for domestic violence. You gotta talk about it. You gotta get it out. And every time I tell somebody this story, it's like a piece of me or a piece of the hurt is lifted out of my body and out of my mind and out of my soul. Yeah, I'll still cry and get choked up and emotional about it because I still... I'm still in complete disbelief (laughs) about the situation, but I'm stronger than that. And I hope that whoever's listening, it taught you a little bit something. I hope you are strong as well. So thank you so much for listening to Ride With MBS. You guys are freaking awesome. And I hope to see you next Monday as we can eat. Thank you so much. Peace.